This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. Please, senor. You know what? It's a dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. This is a polling place, by the way. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. The American voter exercising their sacred right to determine their own form of government. You know, not a lot of talk in the last uh, two days or so about somebody hacking our dang election. Yeah, how about Russian collusion? Where's that been as an election issue? Well, How yeah. much freaking collusion talk did we hear for a year and a half? Yeah, that that that, that hasn't been there. But in terms of, um, uh, you know, Russians uh, trying to hack into our system today, or Chinese or whoever. How much about that? I mean, I know the government's working on it and all, but... Yeah, I think they are. They're working on it like crazy. I, I, you know, I have a feeling it just hasn't broken through in the popular consciousness. I think it's... It's definitely a thing, as the kids say. Yeah, well, I saw the Homeland Secretary, the blonde chick. Um, Lovely gal, yeah. Uh, she uh, said... Nielsen. She doesn't. She she said there doesn't seem to be as much activity as there was around the 16 election. Well, Trump called up Putin and said, how'd you like to say, see, see, some... And Putin said, what? <laughs> and Trump said, let me try again. How'd you like to see St. Petersburg nuked? Huh? What? You think yeah. that's what happened? Yeah. I think they're keeping their powder dry for the, the, the big one. The big one. The 2020. Um, Which starts tomorrow. That election starts yeah. tomorrow. Woo! That's what I'm excited about. Oh, huh? Oh. Get that baby going yeah. tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> I'm taking a sabbatical. Can you do that in private enterprise? You know what I actually saw? Yes, it's called quitting. I think I got... And begging for your job back. <laughs> I think I got this alert on my phone today. Let me find it. Um, key races to watch this evening. How to know if you're watching a blue wave. Oh, nice. Oh, boy. Oh, how, how about you just sit and wait? And then, like... No, wake I, up tomorrow I, and ask me. <laughs> I need to know. In, like, an hour or two after you turn on the TV tonight, you will know what happened. But what am I watching right now? Because it will have happened. <laughs> if... And this is about the only prognosticating I'm willing to do. If the Republicans not only hold on to the Senate, but also hold on to the House, there will be mass suicides by pollsters. It will be so funny to see twice in a row the entire, you know, apparatus of, of thinkers and prognosticators just, just, you know, knocked to the ground. They may Love be uh, unfairly maligned, as the biggest number that I saw yesterday, I saw at 10.05, right after we got off the air, after we had discussed the 
you know, Republicans are polling here, but Democrats are polling here, even though we dismissed that as a stupid way to look at the polls since we don't vote nationally. But Mm -hmm. that number was closing. I didn't realize 17 percent in this poll undecided somewhere between 15 and 20 percent undecided on. all Wow. That's an enormous number. (laughs) That's an enormous number. So it could go the other way by a lot. And the polls weren't wrong. They just, they just, the, the media just spent too much time talking about the people who had decided. Yeah, fair enough. The media should, and I include myself, yes. should have been pointing out more all along. There's a, if you got one out of five voters who haven't made up their mind yet, it could go anywhere. Anything could happen. And it shouldn't be surprising. Anywho, let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start over there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Hi, this morning, Michael. Good. I'm busy helping Hanson back here book some, uh, you know, it's election day, of course, and so we're booking the show. Uh, we just booked the new author, guys, Jim Schwartz. It, it's, the topic is how one man's quest for school board glory nearly destroyed his marriage. <laughs> so that, that was one of them. It's, really, it's, it's an American uh, fable. Yeah, we're, also, we're also going to check out the lieutenant governor race in all 50 states. Yes. Oh, boy. And also polling places by region, which has the best bagel selection. So I, um, I see those signs around for school board or city council and stuff like that, and I think I should really look into this, but I haven't, and I'm not going to. I am. Good for I'm you. I'm in my local That's, city council race. Do you know why? That makes you a better person, honestly. Because I'm a better person, honestly. <laughs> we all should. That's why. We all should, but I don't, and I haven't, and I'm not. There's actually an issue in the town where I live now. A, a real issue. There's always issues. Eh. And then, you know, they build a new high school, and you say, what, who, who wanted that? <laughs> um, there is Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Now, it looks like nationwide 38 million people voted early. Now, it's if, amazing. If the assumption is that early voters account for a third of all voting, that puts the voting at about a total voting turnout would be about 114 million, about 48.5%, which would be the highest since 1966. If they crest the 14.7% margin, it would be the highest since 1914. Yeah, since World War One. I. I can't believe... That it would be a 100-year record to get to 50%. I was going to say, it's still pathetic by the standards of any other industrialized democracy. You talk about changing the polls. If you got 75% turnout, you could get a third party you've never even heard of elected. Oh, sure. By a lot. uh, Yeah, they could take many, many seats. Um, But you're not going to do it. Be a record of 100 years if we got to 50%. With all the talk you see about politics, and it's just amazing. You know what's funny is uh, I've been listening to various, well, I, I don't even need to say that. I do that for a living. Obviously, I'm listening to a bunch of crap about the election. But they were talking to people who didn't vote, and the one gal was saying, uh, and they were lamenting this woman. They were saying how sad this was and how somebody needed to get through it. Or she said, listen, I just I don't think about it that much. I'm trying to improve my life. I figure I need to do it. I need to work hard. I need to figure out how to do it. I just... I spend my time on that. I really don't spend my time thinking about politics much. And and, and again, that was lamented as a, as a shame and uh, how to get her involved and how to get. And I'm sitting here thinking, good for you, lady. That sounds good for awesome. you. You get life. You understand the relationship the government should have with you. Peripheral. You barely bump up against right. it. That's the way it should be. Yeah. Um, there's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? Well, i got to tell you, it is finally here. The midterms, you can feel the electricity in the air. And I love the way the Armstrong and Getty broadcast compound is decked out in red, white, and blue yes, bunting. absolutely. As S- usual. Streamers. Our bunting budget is unmatched. Squawky, our eagle of freedom. 
wearing an Uncle Sam top hat, <laughs> clenching a bundle of 13 arrows in one talon and olive branch in the other. Fantastic. They're, they're duct taped, but he's, he appears to be clutching them. Yeah, that is well, really good. Took quite a while to duct tape the arrows to his and Man, toe. do I like bunting. Yes. <laughs> so festive. <laughs> Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Tuesday, November 6th, the first Tuesday in November, which is always a big deal. Um, the year 2018, we're setting you straight in 21-8. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, here we go. Election Day. Special coverage. Uh, live, etc. Here we go at Mark. They have been on a shameless campaign to obstruct, resist, demolish, defame, and destroy. True. They have been. It's ridiculous. But you can stop them with your votes tomorrow. I think the most amazing side story of this election, unimportant side story, is Donald Trump as a physical specimen. Yes. As he goes around the country doing these rallies, his voice not changing a bit. Right. Here, Obama yesterday. Hey, you gotta get out there. <laughs> well, when you correctly you said Biden, sounds like he's near death. He'll be missed. Trump, God bless him. Trump with no exercise and McDonald's and four hours of sleep. Who's ah! shouting at audiences every day. Just goes from rally to rally to rally. Oh, my God. What are other headlines, Marshall? Uh, after months of the lead-up of the midterms, it is showtime for the voters. U.S. troops at the American-Mexican border now ready to greet the caravan. And America's pediatricians have come out with the final word on spanking your kids. Coming up really? minutes from now. That's yes. interesting. That's what, an what issue. What about spanking your pediatrician? <laughs> uh, how does a male bag look? Oh, it's very good. Very strong. This is what we would like from you. If you're the sort of person that stops by your polling place in the morning, I don't know what time they open. You know what time they 7 open? 7 a.m. Any minute now. And 6 a.m. in some other western states. <laughs> 7 a.m. or 6 a.m. Um... <laughs> If you stop by and vote, and it's busier or not as busy or anything exciting, uh, text us or call us. Our text line is... Call us? Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. With with what? Like a phone? (laughs) Our text line is 415-295-KFTC, and we'll keep track of that. We will will come up with our own projections for turnout. Mailbag on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Says who? Polls. I just told you I answered your question. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You can't tear down the Catholic Church, but you can tear down USA Olympic Gymnastics, and apparently they're going to do that. You mean literally tear down the structure and start again? Right. Yeah. Which, similar to Catholic Church, they've decided you have to do because layer after layer was willing to cover up little girls being sexually abused, which is impossible to understand, Right. but it's true. And we all have a report on that later. It's the iron law of bureaucracy. It is one of the great unrecognized truths of humanity. I would like to think that I'm immune to it, at least at that level. That if we started child rape, if we started raping children out around it's here, quite a level. I wouldn't cover it up just to keep things going. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Most people are weak. Most people are sheep. Sheep. That's right. I'm calling you a sheep. Line up. Get sheared. 
I'm not killing, calling you sheep. The present company is accepted, obviously. Well, look down. You got hooves and uh, <laughs> covered in wool. You're a sheep. Do you often bleat? Wool. <laughs> <laughs> Mailbag. Do you smell like mu- do you smell of mutton? Right, right. Have you voted yet? Is your favorite song? Is your favorite poem? You may be a sheep. <laughs> Here's a nice note from Tim, a friend of mine on Facebook who generally stays out of politics and happens to be very highly educated, shared this quote from Aldous Huxley, from a, a piece of his that I'm not familiar with, uh, The Devils of Loudoun. Hmm, no. You know, it never occurred to me, because I'm an idiot, that the guy who wrote one of my favorite books of all time might have written something else hmm. as well. Of course, there's so much to read. The stack of books I'm trying to get There to. is so much to read. <laughs> I'm sure glad I did a lot of it before I had kids. Yeah, I got to get back to it. Well, I, I have actually started, but enough of that. Here's the uh, quote from Aldous Huxley, who evidently wrote something other than Brave New World. Those who crusade not for God in themselves, but against the devil in others... Never succeed in making the world better, but leave it either as it was or sometimes even perceptibly worse than it was before the crusade began. That's interesting. Wow. Wow. Those who spend their time policing other people's thoughts and speech never succeed in making the world better. Boy, that reminds me. I've got such a great thing I have to have Sean grab from um, Adam Carolla. Does he have a movie coming out? Uh, Dennis Prager? It's possible. That's, he does like a lot of documentary stuff. Uh, yeah, it's a documentary. Funny, Jack is, Jack is about to quote Adam Carolla. I'm about to quote Jesus, but go on. Oh, it's it's good. You're going to love it. Um, it's, it's him. <laughs> is that Jesus good? <laughs> it's um, it's him and a bunch of other, your conservative-leaning, freedom-leaning, I think would be more fair of what they're talking about in this particular instance. Right. Yeah, Adam Carolla's a huge liberty guy. A yeah. uh, documentary about that with Tim Allen and others, and I'm going to get a quote for you. It's just, it's going to blow your mind, man. Okay, super. Look forward to that. Speaking of Jesus, this is a nice note from Tim. It says, guys, this came from the Facebook today. I can't even process the hypocrisy of the statement. I didn't respond. I didn't know what to say. Just curious on your take. I respect you guys a lot. Well, that's probably misplaced him, but thank you. So the meme, <laughs> I guess, kicking around in, uh, on Facebook right now is, if Jesus were on earth today, would he be at a Trump rally or walking with the caravan? Oh, God. <laughs> wow. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. These times will kill me. <laughs> of course, you know, life's a fatal disease, as a, an okay. old uh, friend once once uh, made. Anyway, um, uh, okay, you want our take on it? If Jesus were on Earth today, would he be at a Trump rally or walking with the caravan? Number one, ridiculous false choice. Number yeah, God, two, I'd say. Number two, I would not presume for a moment to pronounce where Jesus would be. Oh, I'll feel free. Number three, he seemed to make it quite clear, and, and there are not that many direct quotes from Jesus in the New Testament. I heard the, the total of words once, and it's actually quite modest. Mm. Um, but one of the things he made infinitely clear was that he was, uh, he was concerned with the kingdom of heaven. Not a lot of yapping. No, Jesus. no, he tried to make his words count. No, but he was not really concerned with, uh, you know, uh, stuff and territory and political power and the rest of it. His concern was the kingdom of heaven. I think he'd be amazed at sandal technology. Get a good pair of Birkenstocks. Oh, this is so much more comfortable. Yeah, you know what? He'd, he'd lay a quote down on that stuff. <laughs> wow. Thou canst walk all day in these. 
and thine feet aren't tired. He'd say, me, H, these shoes are comfortable. <laughs> nice. Uh, let's see. The Bible! Free, that's right, Mr. President. <clears throat> Here's a nice note from frequent correspondent Kemper, who is usually has about 23 different things on his mind, but this uh, might be our, our final trick-or-treating note. Um, he would, during his uh, living in a hood with lots of trick-or-treating years, have two different baskets of treats. One with some really nice candy for the kids and anybody in a costume and the families and anything, and one full of the crappiest candy I could find for the teen punks, punks rather, the non-costumed, etc. <laughs> the undeserving got one hard candy or a cheapo lollipop with a smile. <laughs> it would have been pointless to criticize, question, insult, or deny them. Um, so there you go. My kids are still trading candy. They really love the bartering. Why not? Yeah. Why I'll not? give you two little Snickers for that giant thing of M&M's. Eh, maybe three. Good. That's too much. Too steep. Good. How about Negotiate. if I throw in these Red Hots? <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Negotiating. I love it. <laughs> that's that's good. It's educational. They both decided nobody likes <laughs> kettle corn, and they just brought it to me. We Neither one of us want this. Kettle corn. That's a fine corn. <laughs> San, <laughs> what? Give the crap to Dad. <laughs> He'll eat it. San Antonio Dave with yet another comment on time travel. What if aliens and UFOs are just humans time traveling from a million years in the future? Oh, yeah. I sure, think. we've evolved. We got the weird bulbous head. We got the tentacles or what have you. We're all like slick and shiny looking. Got no hair. Who knows? Could be. You'd think, though, we'd. Well, a million years. In a million years, for a dozen different reasons. We will probably have, we the human race, if we exist, and we probably won't. I'd, I'd lay money we won't. A million years? Yeah. I don't know. The dinosaurs were in charge for many, many mm. tens of millions we're of years. We're not as smart as the dinosaurs, if you know what I mean. Mm. Well, anyway, <laughs> uh, in a million years, for a dozen different reasons, we will have lost all historical records from this period, probably. Or just not cared anymore. Sure. Why would it matter? Oh, oh, and or, you know, we certainly won't be able to speak English, but you'd think we'd be able to come up with some sort of, you know, Google Translate um, for Earth Talk so we could fly down and say, hey, hey, before you shoot us, we're uh, we're just you from a million years of the future. I realize we got uh, bulbous heads and no hair and our arms look like tentacles. And a, and, a car- and a cartoonish voice. We're humans. <laughs> we're humans. People of Earth. Take us to your leaders. Speaking of this sort of thought process, several states voting on legalizing marijuana today. Is that craze? This is America. <laughs> ah, yes. A lot of people will be having conversations just like the one you just had. Speaking Legally of, soon. Speaking of Brave New World, <clears throat> the brilliant, brilliant flip side to 1984, which, of course, was Orwell's warning about a brutal dictatorship that enforces conformity and obedience. Well, Huxley's version was... They drug us, they amuse us, they keep us reasonably well-fed, and, and we have lots of sex and the rest of it, but we're tools of the government and are oppressed. Or we do it to ourselves. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, we're willing participants in our own oppression. Sure. Which as long is as I'm amused. A, a chilling and a yet subtle and, and brilliant vision of the future. As long as I got Netflix, I'll be all right. That's right. That's right. You are... Bah! Man, listen to you, sheep. The smell of mutton is in the air. That's right. Oh, we've got Marshall's news coming up. He'll have your first results. No, he won't. Oh, okay. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, darling. I can remember when you 
I've already gotten one text on this. Lots of people in line at my polling place in Folsom, California, more than usual. I would like to hear how's it going to your polling place, just to get a little bit of a temperature. Turnout's going to be what people have been claiming. You never can tell. Plus, we'll have the early results with 1% reporting. The right. 17th District of <laughs> Delaware reports in like five people have voted. How to tell if it's a blue wave or a red backlash. We're projecting McGillicuddy into the Maryland 17th. (laughs) We're calling it. You're calling it already? Wow. Oh, yeah. Uh, Let's get to the news now with Marshall Phillips. As we've been saying, Americans heading to the polls today for the midterm elections. President Trump doing all he can to fire up Republican voters to head off any potential blue wave. Finishing weeks of his signature rallies with three of them yesterday telling the crowd. Wow. Telling the crowds everything he and the Republicans have accomplished is going to be at stake today. You will be making a simple choice. A vote for Republicans is a vote to continue our extraordinary prosperity. Now, a vote for Democrats is a vote to bring this economic boom crashing down very rapidly oh no a couple a couple of things on that one uh, people who have been watching the president's speeches notice a uh, a, a, a change toward the economy in the uh, in the last 24 hours there is reporting that uh paul ryan yep. sat down with the president and said dude it's the economy, stupid. Let's talk about how great how it's the greatest economy ever. Flog the economy. Say it'll end if you get voted out. And uh, if we get voted out, and who knows whether that happened or whether that would Brian have changed. Brian denies it. He says we talk all the time. We talked about all sorts of stuff the other day. And but, as Chris Christie often says, Trump makes his own decisions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nobody advises <laughs> Trump on what to do about anything. But he has been talking more about the economy yeah. just in the last day. Um, uh, one other thing I was going to mention, the economy is going to crash. I mean, the stock market is going to crash. I mean, it's just inevitable. This is the longest boom we've ever had. And it will, it just, it, we just will. It's going to be a giant correction that scares the crap out of us. I am not looking forward to it. No. At all. What It will be blamed on whatever the news story is of that week. That'll be silly. It'll be stupid. Mm-hmm. But you know, you know that's going to happen. But this yesterday, so Politico's own polling, and this just came out yesterday, Mm -hmm. they had it closed to on the national number, which is a dumb way to look at it. But it's all we got. Uh, 43% registered voters would vote Democrat and a congressional candidate, 40 for Republicans. The gap had closed to three. Wow. 17% undecided. Whoa. If you've got 17% undecided... Who the freak knows? I mean, I had decided on, okay, I get it. Dems take the House. Republicans keep the Senate. It's pretty clear that's what's going to happen. It kind of fits with historical norms. So, okay, I get it. But with 17% undecided and it would seem some momentum shift, who knows what's going to happen? I I still say, and I finally found one person who agrees with me. I saw Dennis Miller tweeting about this last night. I believe Trump, personally, in terms of being re-elected president, is way better off. If the House goes to the Dems and Nancy Pelosi, I think there'll be such a if the Republicans hang on. Oh, oh my God, there's going to be such a fever pitch by the time we get up to 2020 of of uh, progressive liberal anger. Sure. I mean, it'll be like just insane. Probably so. Yeah. But then remember, at the end of that equation is the multiplier. And the multiplier changes everything. It might be a times one. It might be a times six. 
in the long equation of who gets elected in America. And that final factor is who runs. Who the candidate is. Who they end up picking. And remember, we've churned out weirdos and mediocrities, mostly, in the last quite a few years. Mostly. So, uh, it could be. Somebody will never get elected. Old Andrew Gillum wins Florida, and he becomes some sort of uh, progressive godhead. And, and, he, and he runs for president and gets beat by 35 points. Who knows? What did you say? Weirdos and mediocrities? <laughs> that is, that is pretty common. Meanwhile, along with that would Trump. Have been my Greek philosophical name, mediocrities. <laughs> you know, mediocrities once said. What do you uh, think, mediocrities? Uh, why even try? <laughs> that's good enough. Yeah, that's fine. It's, uh, you know, truth is uh, worth seeking, I guess. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the other side, President Obama was out campaigning like mad as well. He was telling the party faithful, "You're going out there. You're going to make sure the people vote to start making things better." And when you do that, then the spirit of America is going to shine. All right? Let's get to work. That's a weak pitch, dude. That is a weak pitch, and I think he's a uh, a fabulous orator. I don't know if I can repeat this, Sean. So who is this person? Uh, uh, I believe it's a political reporter. Okay, political reporter saying, went to a Trump rally and asked one of the supporters if they care if Trump lies all the time. Okay, well, there's a loaded... No, it's not even a loaded question. It's just a... I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know what you call that. We get it. Yeah. Um, One woman's response was, I don't care if he sprouts a third D up there. (laughs) Wait a minute. A third? He has two? (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) That would imply that two already exist. (laughs) Meanwhile, California's two Democratic candidates for governor have been making their final push. Well, and she's seen them. I mean, she skipped right to the third. That's our headline. (laughs) She's a uh, Huffington Post reporter. Okay. Oh, boy. All right. Our two candidates for governor in California have been making their final push for votes. Democrat Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom saying he's energized by the support that he sees. I mean, I know it's rote and cliched. I know everybody says this, so forgive me. I'll add to the chorus. The energy is ridiculous. It's just off the charts. Republican candidate John Cox was telling supporters in Berkeley they shouldn't be worried about polls showing him trailing. Rearview mirror. Rearview mirror. That's 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 old information. Uh, you know, they look at stuff that's happened a long time ago. Yeah, I know. And I knew this two years ago. Almost two years ago exactly. That for the rest of my life, anybody who's behind would say, Remember Trump! Just, that's just the way it's yeah, going to be. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it happened once. Um, what's most interesting to me is you got the biggest state in the union, and that a guy, if he wins his party's nomination, or a woman, you, you win your party's nomination, and it's just not even a contest. Mm-hmm. In the biggest state in the country, right? It's just, it's not With even a lots thing. And lots of problems. To become the governor of that state requires yeah. zero effort. <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't think that'd be possible. And next hour, Armstrong and Getty are going to be talking to political analyst Gary Dietrich to break it all down for Break you. it down! Meanwhile, the nation's leading pediatricians group has strengthened its advice against spanking and other physical punishment because, uh, because of the potential for long-term harm. The American Academy of Pediatrics says spanking doesn't work and parents shouldn't do it. So they have they have upped their warning about spanking. I'll have and to look at polls. Punishment. The last time we looked at polls, I was surprised at uh, I believe it was over fifty percent of parents 
approved of uh, spanking. And these big doctrine groups are very political. Yeah, they have I, a point of view that they're trying to pitch. Read about it. Think about it. Be a serious parent. We Study don't, the issue and think about it. We don't, but I, I don't agree with them. I don't agree with them at all. I don't think it's long-term harm. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips of the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Squawky bald eagle, this is your day, baby. Yep. This is your day. We use entirely positive reinforcement with Squawky. Toss him a mackerel, that sort of thing. That's why he squawks on cue. <laughs> I mean, perfectly. Toss him a mackerel? Sure. <laughs> so we do it with Michael, too. Bunch of mackerel tossers. <laughs> That's right. Michael picks a good uh, music bumper like this one. Here's a mackerel, Michael. Tilt your head back. Here you go. Thank you. <laughs> um, I'm ready to call Maine second <laughs> after the commercials. What are the top issues in various places around the country? They vary by region, of course. That's kind of interesting. Doesn't have to be all election talk, of course. All right. I have all sorts of really good non-election stuff that we ought to get to. People are talked to death. Let's get into voting. And then we'll get the results tomorrow. Um, will we? Yes. I'm worried about hanging chads. So, boy. Generation Z is the most stressed out age group ever, they think. That ain't good. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I have been extremely blessed to win this big Powerball. This will forever change my life, and I will use this opportunity to impact others. I generally think giant lotteries ruin people's lives. Well, studies show that. But um, that woman in Iowa who won a big chunk of one of those big lotteries, she's going to be just fine. She's older. She's a grandma. She's already involved in a whole bunch of charities and stuff like that. That's already the direction her life's going. Yeah. She's going to be just fine. Yeah, as long as she has a mechanism to protect her from the constant, never-ending, day-in, day-out, night-in, night-out onslaught of people with a sick kid... A sick wife, whatever. I will because be- I've read about that, and it uh, is, yeah. it is to 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 put it as exhausting. You know, doesn't fully state it, doesn't come close. I'm happy to be that mechanism for a nominal fee that I'm sure we could negotiate. <laughs> generation Z is the most stressed out generation ever. Um, among other things, we've got coming up on the program. What are what are the top issues? Various regions of the country varies by region. Not really surprising once you look at the issue in the region. And we're going to have our, one of our favorite political analysts, Gary Dietrich, in the studio a little bit later to talk about issues uh, both national and regional. As we are the voice of the West, Nancy Pelosi's. Going we to be were before we were the conscience of the nation. Nancy Pelosi is going to be Speaker of the House again. Ooh. Unbelievable. That's yeah, good for the Republicans, I think, long term, but we shall see. So here's what you get when you get uh, one-party leadership in a state and it public employee unions that always vote one way because they bribe each other back and forth. California's Department of Motor Vehicles has become infamous, writes Samuel Stanton in the Sacramento Bee, in recent months for long lines, ancient computing technology, and mismanagement of the motor voter thingy. But the department has become the epicenter of a federal probe into DMV workers using computers to crack into citizens' confidential information to steal their identities. 
and clerks taking bribes to alter driver's license test results. The DMV workers are stealing people's identities. Yes. Are they selling them or just using them to buy stuff on Amazon? Or yes, what they all of the above. You wow. name it. Uh, in the past seven years, at least 40 such prosecutions have been filed by federal prosecutors in Sacramento and Fresno, California. Similar cases filed throughout the state. McGregor Scott, the U.S. attorney in Sacramento, whose office is prosecuting, said, It seems like a never-ending event. This is happening over and over and over again. Well, then you got a culture, uh, a criminal culture yeah. in the DMV. That doesn't mm-hmm. grow slowly either. It takes the- a long time to get a criminal culture uh, to the point where you can just, like, you'd all do it and feel like you're safe doing it because nobody's going to tell on anybody. Now, the DMV, in words... Echoing, I mean, like echoing, echoing, the Catholic Church and USA Gymnastics is pointing out that they've worked hard at fighting fraud and the criminal cases being prosecuted are the results of their own investigations. I don't doubt that. I think you probably have some people who are of right hearts and minds trying to do the right thing. You would hope. I, I think you were a couple of uh, a couple of folks with a garden trowel digging away at the base of Mount Everest, saying, "Have patience, don't worry, we'll get to it." What's the whole altering test results for driver's licenses? It's bribes. Ah, I didn't know you could bribe the DMV. That's awesome. See, that's why I brought this story up. I so would anyway, be the long for that. Yeah. Hey, I got a hundred back here. Am I all of a sudden an A two? Huh? <laughs> Give me up to the front of the line. Hundred dollar bill. That hadn't even occurred to me. I can pass driving test. I can't get to the front of the line. Now that's a bribe. I can't find my title, but Benjamin Franklin can. And it's slided across the desk. Check oh, I out. get it. <laughs> I'm not sure that you have the subtlety required to pull off a public bribe such as one at the DMV. <laughs> the cases run the gamut. Truck driving school owners accused of bribing DMV clerks to alter driver's license test results for their drivers. Oh, good. Clerks accused of using their computers to steal driver's identities and open credit card accounts in their names. Brokers acting as middlemen who pay off clerks in DMV parking lots. God, how come I was never approached for this? I'm the perfect guy. I'd be happy to give you a bribe to get very... I got I got a problem I've been trying to take care of for like two years. Yeah, you can't afford to give them a bribe because they open up a credit card in your name and now you're broke. Uh, I still would like to bribe somebody for this one particular problem. If you're willing... Just let me know where you work. It's a DMV I'll problem? Stop. Yeah, and it's a it's a mess. It's a paperwork nightmare that I created for myself. Is it your rocket car? <laughs> your propane-fueled rocket car? It's just a mess. But anyway, I would stop by an ATM. I would bribe my way out of this any day of the week. So the feds have filed at least 20 uh, cases since against defendants, including the daughter of a DMV deputy chief of investigations. Wow. Wow. So one of the higher up investigators at the DMV, his kid is involved in a scam. That I'm telling you, that is a criminal culture that's been going on for a long time to get to that point. That suspect, Carrie Scataglia, was a manager who had worked for the DMV since 07, was accused of altering DMV computer records to show that applicants had passed tests whether they had or not. All told, she was responsible for the issuance of at least 68 fraudulent licenses. I wonder if I was missing the signals in the parking lot of the DMV. I didn't have my radar on. You know, you go to Vegas. If you're a guy, you're used to, you know, a hot chick's going to sit down next to you at the bar, and she's a prostitute. You, you pick up on that oh, if no, you hang I'm out in Vegas. Oh, no, I'm very charming. But I didn't have Women that. Women just sense my charisma. I didn't have that sort of <laughs> radar going in the parking lot of the DMV. There might have been DMV employees like, 
walking by my car, kind of giving me the look, and I didn't know, hey, how you doing? I didn't think, oh, hey, he's one of the people I can bribe, so I don't have to do this B, I almost said bull S. Why not? Do this BS paperwork. Right. I'd have been all over that. I would have walked out of there. That's a P at the end, everybody. If I could have bribed a DMV worker and got something done, I would have walked out of there singing a tune. This is awesome. (laughs) Listen to you. (laughs) Listen to you. Oh, my God. He's pro-corruption, everybody. Label this chunk of the podcast, Jack is in favor of corruption. The DMV thing is so crazy anyway. The indictments charged David's son, the owner of a Richmond truck driving school, with a conspiracy and fraud and alleged scheme to get driver's licenses for students who failed written and behind-the-wheel tests with the help of a DMV employee. That's crazy. These guys can't freaking drive a truck right. Getting getting driver's licenses for people who shouldn't be driving is not good. Yeah. Neither is registering people to vote who shouldn't be voting. Yeah, no kidding. Now, hand, ha, helping me out with the title on this here uh, piece of equipment I got that I lost, uh, here's 100. It can go 300 miles per hour, but I promise you I won't go 300 <laughs> miles per hour. Rocket car is just a nickname. God, that's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. One party government with loyal unions who bribe each other across the table. Look, you know what? Correct me if I'm wrong, Jack. Most... Drug addicts and drunks do damage, real damage, before they stop. Of course. That's the way it is with one-party government. It's got to really hurt a lot of people before the electorate wakes up and changes it. Man, that is some story. It's unfortunate, but it's true. I will talk to our favorite political analyst. Well, one of them. I hate to rank them. It's like ranking your children. It's right. just not fair. It's unhealthy. It's going um, to be years of counseling. And what are the All t- of our political analysts. <laughs> Plus, I'm ready to call the New Hampshire 7th. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.